It's time again for the Mortgage Minute with Doug Krause, brought to you by Financial Residency. Doug has been a mortgage lender for over 20 years and specializes in physician loans. He is with BMO Bank and wrote a book called The Hippocratic House to educate physicians on home loans. You can request your free copy at DougKrause.com. You can call or text Doug anytime at 816-728-3631 or email him at doug.kraus at bmo.com. Now, get ready for today's episode of the Mortgage Minute. Hey, welcome back to the Mortgage Minute. Doug Krause, hey, I want to follow up to last week a little bit further. We were talking about closing disclosures and along with that, kind of didn't want to run that one too long, but APRs in addition to the closing disclosure. So closing disclosure, sometimes referred to as the CD, is the final document you get. You get two versions. One's the initial that gives you a ballpark idea. You have to get that three days. And this will be more apparent why I'm bringing that back up again, but you have to get that three days before closing. And then you get a final CD with the actual accurate final numbers you know, hopefully a day or two before closing, just depending on the timeline that you were working with. Maybe you get it a week plus before closing, just depends on how quick of a close it is. So I'm going to go a different direction for just a moment and back to APR, which stands for annual percentage rate. And just want to explain a little bit of what's the difference between APR or the annual percentage rate and your mortgage. And Annual percentage rate reflects mortgage interest rate plus other charges. And those other charges could be points, like if you're paying discount points to buy a lower rate, other lender fees, such as underwriting and processing, and then generally the per diem interest. And I don't necessarily agree that one be included, but that's just the way the number is calculated. Because the reason I say that, you could have two lenders with identical fees, identical rate, one closing you on the first of the month and one closing you on, you know, the second or third of the month, one's going to have no per diem interest. The other's going to have 28 or 29 days of per diem interest that actually changes the APR. You're taking out the exact same mortgage. It's just when your first payment's going to be. So I disagree with the per diem interest being included, but nobody asked me. That's just the way it is. So that's the fees that come into play. And generally speaking, you should always expect your APR on a fixed rate to be higher than your actual interest rate. And the reason for that is there's closing costs involved. So different story on an arm, and this one could be higher, could be lower. It's all based on, I was giving the example of a seven, six arm, say your start rates five and a half, but what we know today is your future interest rate might be six or six and an eight. So outside of factoring in the other costs like the points, discount, the per diem interest, or the lender's underwriting processing fee, anything like that, tax service fee, you also have to look at the fact that you're going to get seven years locked in at five and a half percent. Don't know what the next 23 years are going to be after that, but at the moment, if we said they were going to be six and an eighth, then you're averaging 23 years at six and an eighth, seven years at five and a half, plus taking into account those other fees. So not that long ago, APRs on arms tended to be lower than the start rate because if you were starting at five and a half, the future 23 years starting year seven or five or whenever your fixed portion is up, the rate maybe was expected to go down to five or lower. 
now the rates prime adjustment and the index having changed, then the rate currently is expected to be higher than what it's starting at with most lenders. Again, I'm not saying that every lender is going to start at five and a half either, or that everybody has the same adjustment. They may have a uh, margin of three or two and three quarters. Certain types of loans have margins of two. So there's many variables there. But my point being, when I'm talking about an APR, expect it to be higher than your interest rate. I'm generally referring to fixed rates because there's too many variables on an adjustable rate mortgage to make a broad statement like that. Okay. Having said that, here's where I wanted to touch on your closing disclosure. As I mentioned, you must get an accurate closing disclosure three days, and it doesn't have to be your final number, but it has to be a reasonable closing disclosure three business days prior to closing. Now, why is that important? And what's APR have to do with that? This has come up recently and it's not a big deal. You can change your loan amount. You can change your interest rate. I mean, maybe rates improve and the lender renegotiated the rate, or maybe you came back and decided you want to buy your rate down. Maybe the seller is now going to contribute and give you credit that you're going to use that to buy down the rate. All of that can change after you've locked the rate, but when it comes to changing your APR, this is what matters. The CFPB, which stands for Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, they were put in place to protect the consumer. And broad statement is if your APR changes by more than an eighth of a point, you have to be redisclosed to, meaning your three-day window starts over. What it should be, and I think their interpretation of, however, most lenders have lawyers that are always going to take the conservative approach, but what it should be is if your APR increases by more than an eighth, then you need to redisclose. I don't really think the intention was, or anybody cares if you're going to get a better deal, who cares? So if your APR goes down, should not be a redisclosure, but I would say eight, if not nine out of 10 banks are going to interpret it the most conservative approach possible, which is your APR changed by more than an eighth. So again, back to the CD and why am I bringing that up as a follow-up to last week's podcast and just came up, I had a borrower, you know, come up and say, Hey, closing, I want to bring another $50,000 to closing. Generally speaking, not really a big deal. However, even if they have all kinds of money, it still has to go back to underwriting because underwriting is going to have to verify that, hey, they have the extra $50,000. That could be a five-minute review sign-off. Sure, they've got the money. Go ahead and borrow less money and move on. However, think of APR in this fashion. If I just really dummy the numbers down here just to illustrate my point. If you were borrowing $1,000 and I said the closing costs were $100, then as a percentage of your loan amount, in this case, it's 10%. Obviously, you can't do that. That's going to be a whole different story, but that's a high-cost mortgage. But just to illustrate my point, if you then instead were going to borrow $50,000, or I'm sorry, $500, sorry, but still had the same amount of closing costs, now you can see proportionately your closing costs as opposed to your loan amount is a substantially bigger amount. In this case, it's double. And closing costs as a percentage of your loan is exactly what APR is taking into account. So 
if you borrow less money, but your closing costs don't really change and they're not really going to speak of, I mean, maybe your title policy goes down slightly, but the lender fee is not going to change. The appraisal fee that's not going to change, you know, stuff like that. So overall, your cost of funds, so to speak, is going to be, let's say, the same interest rate, the same closing costs, but you're getting half as much money. That means your cost of borrowing money essentially went up. If you're going to pay the same amount of money to buy half as much, again, like the use of half as much money, then your APR went up. So it is important if you're going to change your loan amount then ideally you're not asking to do it within the last three days before closing because if you do and it changes your APR by more than an eighth of a point, your choices are, in this case, borrow more money, maybe more than you intended to, or delay closing to wait and allow the three days to go by for a redisclosure. And almost no lenders, there's a very finite loophole that lender could allow you to close without redisclosing three additional days, but it has to be under extreme dire case of financial hardship and almost no lender's lawyer is going to look at it and say, Hey, your movers were only available on Friday and you're going to have to pay extra because now you have to wait till Tuesday to close. They don't care. That's not a dire financial, something like, you know, the house you're going to get foreclosed on in that last day or something, it has to be absolute extreme for that to get waived. I mean, I, I've been doing this 23 years. I think I've gotten one waived and I don't even remember the circumstances, but my point being again is if you're going to make changes and that also includes come back to the lender and say, Hey, you know, you offered me a rate of five and a half and it was no points, but you also offered me a rate of five, you know, paying let's say two points, you probably can still do that. After you've locked the rate, you could probably go back and ask for the lower rate with the original points quoted. That's probably still an option, but in doing so, guarantee you your rate moves more, or your APR rather, not your rate, your rate's going to move a half point. Your APR is probably moving, you know, three eighths to five eighths of a point, somewhere in that range in that circumstance, which would absolutely require redisclosure. So. Timing is essential that if you're going to make changes in your loan amount, increase or decrease. And another factor, actually, let's say you went from a 5% down loan, and this wouldn't be a factor with doctor loans, but PMI, and then you change to a 20% down loan, twofold. One, normally PMI would be a factor in your APR. So if you were in a loan that had PMI, that absolutely would change your APR more than an eighth. But even so, maybe you owe from a 5% down loan to a 20, you come in last minute and say, hey, my house sold, now I've got the money, I want to put it down and only borrow 800000 instead of nine fifty dollars and a million purchase. Well, there's a decent chance that the rate comes with loan level price adjustments and those better or worse, in this case better, typically would be looked at as, hey, this is a lower risk loan, the pricing's better. You locked at five and a half, but guess what? Now the rate's five and three eighths. And in doing so, your APR changed along with your rate. Same principle, looks simple and easy. Hey, I want to put 20% down. What's the big deal? You can see where my money came from. 
and we're closing Friday. Like, well, if you tell us on Wednesday, no, you're not. You're either going to borrow enough to keep your APR within an eighth of where it was or delay closing. So those are just some quick tidbits to think about as your last minute changes and wondering why you can't, you know, just on a dime change things on your loan, then those are factors that have to be considered. And rarely are you ever going to get a lender to waive the APR requirement redisclosure. So anyway, I hope I save somebody a headache at some point next week. And I'll want to talk a little bit about upcoming changes for jumbo loans. Thanks.